0: Good morning. It is Wednesday, January 3rd, five minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Admit it. That was brilliant. Yeah. Well, that's a good line. I mean, you tell any woman she's beautiful, she's going to continue to listen. So Kev has recently <laughs> moved into a
1: smallish uh, community outside of central Indiana. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is a college Ish town. Mm-hmm. I'm navigating the scene. And there Kev lives <laughs> very near a local drinking establishment where many of the college co-eds yeah. go mm-hmm. to uh, for social activity. It's a sure. somewhat contained college town. Yeah, And I was asking Kev, because it had been a long time since I had seen Kev, mm-hmm. how the scenery was working out for him. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, uh, I told Kevin, and mm-hmm. Casey agreed. And Casey, here's the thing about you, Casey. Mm-hmm. When I have terrible ideas, yeah. you will tell me that is ridiculous, and yeah. you are a pig. <laughs> but you, ah. even you said this is a great come online. Yeah. And I said what Kevin needs good to icebreaker. do. Yes, when he finds a, a little filly that catches his eye, uh-huh. he's got a he's got to walk up to her. Yeah. And he's got to say. Uh, introduce himself say hi my name is Kevin Mm -hmm. I was just hoping to get your name and your story because you're way too beautiful to live in fill in the blank
0: yeah yeah, I, I, I think it's a
1: good line. Because what is she going to say? Is she going to be offended that you said she's way too beautiful? Right. And then once she responds, then she has to tell you her story, Kev, which makes the rest of the conversation much easier and then for I'm all, you. I'm
0: all ears. Yeah. I'm, I'm really interested how you're so concerned about his love life all the time. I know you're living vicariously <laughs> I through care about him.
1: others, Casey. You, I'm sorry for being a good person. Because
0: you're 40 now and you're so old. <laughs> I'm a
1: man. I'm 40. And the game is. <laughs> Over
0: for you. Oh, uh, you like to live through Kevin, and uh, I respect Kevin how he never ever gives you anything. You so want to know what's going on, and he is just tight lipped about it. He you're going to use anything. that. There's
1: going to come a moment where mm-hmm. you're going to be desperate enough, and you're going to say, "I'm mm-hmm. going to give that a try," and it's going to work. And then you don't even have to say thanks. Uh, yeah. Just, the the internal blessing of knowing you're happy will see, be more than see, enough. what for I think me. What
0: is really going on here is that Kevin is really a big time player. Yeah, absolutely. And he's just not telling. Yeah, yeah. I don't like to um, kiss you know, and go tell on. And, yeah, like yeah, You know, I'm I a know. man. I'm, I'm a man of uh, integrity mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, that's I don't what like that's what go. I think. I think that he probably has a lot of fillies, yeah. and he's just not telling you about it.
1: And we are going to get in so much trouble that my come on suggestion to Kevin was the top of the hour the story, the hour story. <laughs> I
0: know right <laughs> <laughs> Well it actually probably is more interesting than what the actual top of the hour story is and that is Nikki Haley Oh boy sure was boy we chose the right one Casey <laughs> yeah, We did uh, so she has come out with her uh, presidential campaign monies and said that she raised 24 million dollars in the fourth quarter of 23 So do some math here Rob because yeah. I know that you're really good with numbers Oh yeah She raised 24 in the fourth quarter of 23 mm-hmm. She raised 11 million in the third quarter, yep. and then 7.3 million in the second quarter. 42.3 million. 42.3 million dollars. Yeah, that, that is how much Nikki Haley has raised to run for president so and, far.
1: And think about—I mean, if you are giving to Nikki Haley, you are essentially lighting your money on fire. I mean, you might—you would have got better use if you had used that to throw it on a log in, in your living room and used it for for. Kindling purposes Mm -hmm. Um, And think of And I often Pause on this The amount of good And look It's everybody's money They can spend it As they see fit I'm allowed to have An opinion on how You spend your money But I'm not trying To stop you from Legally spending your money However you see fit Think about because, let's face it, Nikki Haley probably not doing it $20 at a time. She has a lot of corporate interest that's been well-documented, very high-profile people who are giving and helping get others to give huge amounts of money to her campaign. She is a corporate establishment person's dream. She's a military-industrial complex person's dream. But think about the amount of good, because you're doing no good by giving it to Nikki Haley. She's not going to be the nominee. She's not even going to be close. She's not a part of the conversation. Think about the amount of good you could have done if you had actually decided to use that money for various charitable mm-hmm. giving purposes helping veterans or you know the homeless or whatever and you've chosen to light that money on fire and give it to Nikki Haley.
0: So she said that she has attracted 83,000 new donors in the fourth quarter and that is from her grassroots funding operation. Bull. She, she that said bull, she said that she,
1: that she got that money those a lot of those people are because the she be, brothers. Yeah, she became the alternative <laughs> to Trump. It's not of
0: grassroots. She said she raised 16. 25 million from digital and uh, grassroots efforts. Okay,
1: so let's talk about this. When we talk about, because I always hear the people are giving. When you talk about grassroots giving, and I'm not saying I agree with this, but I'm going to give you an example of grassroots giving. Grassroots giving is about believing in the candidate. So, a good example of this would be Barack Obama Mm -hmm. when he first ran for president the first time through. Now, the second time he was highly funded by the establishment people because he was, at the end of the day, just another establishment politician. But people bought his lies in 2008. And there were a lot of people who, just like given to the scam, you know, the scam uh, Nigerian guy, you know, down on his luck, hey, let's help him out. People believed in Obama. And you know, you always get those emails from the Nigerian prince. I, if $5 mm-hmm. would help me get out of prison or whatever it is. Same the same level of lies and the same thing with Bernie Sanders. Same level of lies. Same sort of scam as the Nigerian prince. But people believe in that. And they they that is an example of grassroots giving. People believed in Bernie Sanders. People believe in Barack Obama. There is some mental defect that allowed people to believe in the line of BS that they were peddling. No one is believing in Nikki Haley. No one has seen Nikki Haley on a debate stage or giving a speech and going, oh my gosh, must open my wallet and throw it at her. That is bull that people are just flooding to the Nikki Haley campaign.
0: So she's the first of the uh, contenders to release her fourth quarter numbers. The rest have until January 31st to file their quarterly campaign finance reports with the Federal Election Commission. But you want to talk about believing or not believing Steve Bannon. He says that there's going to be a big fight within the Republican Party if Trump were to choose. And he called her a viper, Nikki Haley. Haley as his running mate, because she will run it as a prime minister like Dick Cheney did <laughs> to the Bushes.
2: We're going to have a big fight will take place in the spring will be they're going to try to force Nikki on the ticket to say Trump needs a woman, Nikki on the ticket. She balances this thing and she can bring together that 15 percent of never Trumpers in the Republican Party. We're going to have to have that fight. If Nikki Haley is in this administration in any capacity, it will fail. Well, she's, well, she's a viper. She's a viper, and once she gets in there, she'll try to run it as prime minister. She'll try to be Dick Cheney. Uh, to she'll try her to Trump will be just like Dick Cheney to Bush. That's but, what she'll but try But Steve, I do. have to ask you because Richard Barris issued a warning about this, a very specific warning, and he went even further. Barris's warning was this: He said, "You put her in as vice president, and they will find someone to Lee Harvey Oswald Trump. Get him out of there." and make her the president in his stead, and he said if she becomes VP, that guarantees they're going to take a shot at him. I got to tell you, we have to put on the table because Robert Kagan, uh, uh, one of the senior most thinkers in the neocon, uh, you know, vertical. I don't like that talk
0: at all.
1: Well, that's obviously the last... I mean, that is just horrific to even think about, not even want to think about it. But let's talk about what we should think about, which is there's no way he can pick her. I mean, if he picks her Mm -hmm. or picks anybody like her to be the vice presidential candidate, then he might as well, he being Trump, might as well just pack it up because... It's another, he would be doing the exact same thing he did the last time, mm-hmm. which pissed people like me off, which is you got in there and said you were going to drain the swamp and do all these things different. And then you just hired a bunch of people like Dan Coates and Mitch McConnell's wife to be in your cabinet.
0: It really bothers me when they say things like they're going to pick her because she's a woman. Why is it that we have to pick her because she's a woman? Can't we pick the best person for the job and let them do that?
1: Yeah. Uh, and look, there's plenty of women. If your goal is you feel you need, to pick a woman which is fine the, you know there's obviously strategy and all political appointments and and picks there's plenty of people who you could pick who would not completely alienate your base which i just there's i don't see any way he can he can pick uh i don't i just don't see any way that he he can pick her hey uh let's take a break okay abdul's gonna join us when we come back with a big update on that John Rust lawsuit. Of course, John Rust won his lawsuit in Marion County to be able to run for U.S. Senate. The judge blew up the Indiana election law, which was awesome. Millions of people now can run for public office who were previously banned because the Republicans are totally corrupt and hate regular people. And now this case is going to the Supreme Court. And the Republican Party wrote a friend-of-the-court brief to try to support the state of Indiana to get this, this judge's ruling overturned. And it is both hilarious and pathetic at the same time, I think Abdul's going to agree with me. Uh, he's a lawyer, so we're let's bring him in and get his interpretation when we come back.
0: Abdul joins us next. It's Kendall and Casey on ninety-three WIBC. Nineteen minutes after ten with Kendall and Casey on ninety-three WIBC, so he was wearing a judge's robe yesterday, but Abdul joins us in the studio today. How far you've fallen in just twenty-four hours?
3: <laughs> I like to think it's more of a more like stepping over. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So
1: you and I were reading something the other day, and we both, you know, it's bad when we are both laughing hysterically at the same thing and coming to the same conclusion. And uh, we just had to share this with our audience. So John Rust is trying to run on the Republican side for U.S. Senate. The state of Indiana has fought him uh, on that because they have this just terrible two party or two primary rule, which a judge has thrown out, uh, said the law is unconstitutional. It has now gone to the Supreme Court, and as part of this for the state of Indiana, the Repu- Indiana Republican Party wrote. It's called an amicus brief. Is that yeah. right? That's like a, a hey, we support one of the sides, and here's why. Supreme Court, yeah. you should ag- agree with us.
3: Yeah. Uh, they filed a, the amicus brief uh, for the on behalf of the state. Uh, in a nutshell, basically saying, hey, you know, the, the two party rule makes sense. We just have the right. We have, we have a first right to do to our association. And by throwing this out, what Judge Dietrich did, we basically said anybody can run as a Republican right. or, or a Democrat, for that matter, and political parties are able to control have control over the process to who runs and, and who's a real Republican slash Democrat and who isn't.
1: Right. And so you and I, and we obviously Casey and I have talked about this a lot, too, that this law was just so over the top and they just went way too far. And the fact that they had this part of the law where a county party chairman who's not an elected person in terms of like the public doesn't go vote for that person can decide who's eligible to run for public office or not. I mean, there were numerous uh, parts of this law that were just totally ridiculous. And one of the parts that you pointed out that I thought was so interesting was the judge in the case said, wait a second. If you have to vote in two primaries in order to run for public office, how does an 18-year-old who, by the state constitution, is eligible to run for public office, how in the world would that person ever run for
3: public office? Exactly. It would be technically impossible for them to run in previous primaries because they can't, because they're not mm-hmm. old enough to uh, not old enough to run. And by, by that logic and rationale, uh, what do uh, what Judge Dietrich found, who was the Marion County judge, who, by the way, is a Republican, um, basically said... By doing this, you basically exclude 87% of the population from ever running in a primary.
1: Isn't it weird how invested they are in this? It wasn't like they said, okay, you got us. The judge ruled. It's a really good rule. I mean, you and I have talked about this. It's very sound, it's very ironclad. I don't see any way the Supreme Court would overturn this, this rule. But the state and now the parties are hopping in on this, and they're basically telling the populace at large, We want to be able to control who can run for public office. We'll take your money to facilitate our elections, but we don't really
3: like you. And, and the parties can do that if the parties, uh, instead of doing primaries, at caucuses. Yes! Just like, a, just like at state conventions where they pick the attorney general and other, and other candidates. You do a caucus, it's a private function, you pay for it, we're all good, knock yourself out. But when there's public money involved, that changes everything. Either everybody can participate or nobody participates.
0: Well, the Jackson County Republican Party chair even said that political parties have a constitutional right to determine their own membership and limit the candidates appearing.
3: And if they're and if the, and the parties are paying for the uh, foot in the bill yeah. by themselves, they're they more than happy to, so happy this, to do that. So this and, woman- and, by, and by the way, uh, it's funny because Amanda Lowry, who is the Jackson County chairwoman, uh, mm-hmm. has just said, fine, just go ahead, John Russ, go ahead and do what you want to do. We wouldn't be here right now yeah they picked up they picked on the wrong guy
1: because he had the financial means to hire a very good What michelle Harder is that yeah. her name who's a great attorney who totally just tore jim bop up in court i mean she did who that was the state's hired attorney they, i mean she shredded him in that case
3: that he put out and it's just like uh, you're looking at this going <laughs> you know what it reminds me of uh Whenever I'm on break, I watch a lot of movies. It reminds me of the scene in Forrest Gump when Forrest Gump is in the Watergate Hotel. <laughs> it's excuse me, ma'am, I can't sleep with them lights over there in the other room because mm-hmm. then yeah. the then, then Nixon has to resign. But that's what it reminds me of. It's like people been trying to be too cute. By half. Yeah. To just just, just let him, just sign the thing, let him run, he'd have probably lost, and we wouldn't be here right now. Yeah, they now. turned Rust into a sympathetic figure because
1: now it's obvious, hey, if you hate the Republican establishment, not only do you realize they're totally against this guy, which is a, a mark for him, but now Jim Banks is in bed with these establishment guys and he's behaving like a whiny, petulant little child, and you realize <laughs> Jim Banks is basically turned into an establishment figure, too. Well, Jim's always been an establishment Thank figure. Thank you! <laughs> if anybody
3: knows, can you say that again for everyone, just in case people weren't listening? Jim's always been more of an establishment figure. Thank so. you. Can we get and, to Kev?
1: And, Kev, can you isolate that clip <laughs> so that we can keep playing that over and over and over through the primary? Mr. Establishment,
3: Abdul-Hakim Shabazz, saying Jim Banks has always been an establishment creature. And Jim's a good friend of mine. Lo- love Jim like my brother. And we're going to have lunch later this week, but yeah, Jim's an establishment guy. So. Uh,
1: let's talk about the, uh, the governor's primary. We got into a little bit with uh, this on state house happenings we talked with Merritt about this uh i am not inspired by any of these people i've found this campaign pathetically boring so far is any of that going to change or is this just the boring express through may
3: um everything everything will change uh in about a week or so oh. because in a week that's when people start uh dropping off uh Five dropping off campaign, uh, not campaign contributions. Well, first of all, uh, everyone has to file their final, their, you mm-hmm. your campaign finance it, reports and, by the 17th. And they just
1: broke. They said Braun has raised $2 million. He has $4 million on hand, which sounds like a lot of money unless you're running against a guy like Doden or Chambers who have infinite amounts of their own money. And so they, that's like us. And Brad $20 Chambers already
3: stuff. spent $5 million. Yeah, exactly.
1: So, I mean, that is a lot of money, but it's not a lot of money. So you got the, yeah, they got to file how much they had. And then you got
3: the signature thing. Coming yeah, up, yeah, the signatures. Uh, everybody should have their signatures. The only question mark uh, on signatures right now, I would say, is Curtis Hill. Eric Doden has his. Uh, Brad Chambers, Sen. Crowd should have theirs. Um, yeah, Eric. Uh, yeah, Curtis Hill is a, is a question mark because to get signatures, it takes money. You got to mm-hmm. have like at least 150 grand to to do it and get it done right. Because you need at least you need at least 4,500 reg. Signatures of registered voters here in the state of Indiana, but 500 from each district. Yeah. Now, 500- unless you're Todd Young, well, then you can get 497. You're fine. Well, well, the election commission took care <laughs> of all that.
1: <laughs> yeah, they took care of it. <laughs> all right. right. are. Sure. But why is it so boring? Is it going to get fun? Or are they going to start
3: slinging? There's five
0: people. Yeah. What what th- is going to happen yes. to make someone pull away? Well, well, this, well, is well, this is a well, snooze fest. Well,
3: once we see uh, who's going to be on the ballot, yeah. uh, I think that's where you'll see the major challenges, the major major fights to sort of start. Yeah. And you you'll be able to see. Who everyone goes after Who's, who's technically the front runner Because you don't, you don't have to go, you don't go Don't go after somebody Who's like in second or third place You go after who you think The front runner is You put in your cheat sheet That Joe
1: Hogg said Is considering running for governor
3: Is that true? No or one you, told me
1: no Did you, did you just make
3: that up? No denials? I was, I was at his inauguration On New Year's Day mm-hmm. No one no one said no So I spoke to the mayor Hey Mr. How's it going? <laughs> Mr. Mayor like Campbell Oh my gosh You gotta be kidding me I spoke me. to one of the mayor's chief uh, Chief assistant <laughs> Why his would he want to do that? Just have your name out. Just- <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. my God! No one, no one, no, no, no one has told me Abdul that. that's not going to happen. So, all right, uh, what are you? Are you working on anything? Anything you'd like to promote or know about? Or? Uh, yes, uh, talking to Adam Wren, our friend from oh, Fort yeah. yeah. uh, He'll be on the show uh, this week. Also uh, speaking to uh, Lieutenant Governor Sam Crouch uh, this week, and also uh, whatever else is uh, inter- interesting and entertaining. All right, Casey. When we come back, yeah. I got a gift
1: over Christmas break that I didn't know I got until I got back.
0: Yeah, from uh, your three-week sabbatical. And
1: so I'd, I'd like to share this with the audience when uh when we come back I, okay. I could be a millionaire by the time it's all said and done all right and we've got also got soon. some
0: voicemails coming up did you win
1: no oh, no okay. i'm still here all right <laughs> this could be my last segment coming up we'll see not.
0: it's kendall and casey it's 93 wibc
4: it's time to hear from you kendall and casey present voicemails Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN.
0: you'd like to contribute 317-684-8444 here we go with your voicemails it is kendall and casey on 93 wibc you ready for some phone calls
1: oh my goodness i'm so ready casey. we've
0: got quite a few actually today and oh. i didn't even get to half of them wow. so a lot to go through uh we were talking a lot about how the president was on vacation and how, what did he spend 10 11 days yeah and saint croix finally made it back to work late yesterday
1: nothing nothing says man of the people like Mm -hmm. 10 days in st croix in
0: in a mansion in st croix i'm just (laughs) like you somebody had a phone call about that hello kendall
4: and casey and welcome back hope you had a fantastic christmas and new years uh looking forward to listening to you this year hey uh i've been listening to you and you're talking about uh the president's vacations and as shocking as that is i just wonder how much money of taxpayer money has been spent on the on the last three presidents vacations so i think that would be shocking i have heard it's over a hundred thousand dollars per hour for air force one Now i don't know for that for sure but uh It'd be shocking to find out just how much taxpayer money has been wasted on these jerks going on vacation. That's
0: all I got. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, it, 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 is a, it is a fair question. Now, what I always find amazing is you live in the White House as the president.
0: That's like a vacation on its
1: own. Uh, Yeah. Have you ever been by the White House? Yeah. Pretty big.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I've seen a couple of uh, documentaries on tours of the White House. Pretty nice.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, Chef... On staff, giving you whatever you want.
1: And yet these guys go on all these vacations to Mm -hmm. other places. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I mean, again, the caller makes a good point. It costs an exorbitant amount because it's not like you or I, if we go somewhere where you can just pack up and go and, hey, do I want to fly? Do I want to drive? Here's the date. All right. Here's the cost. Let's go. I mean, logistically... It is a nightmare to move the president of the United States. You can't just put him in your local, you know, sedan and mm-hmm. drive where you want to go. That just amazes me. These people have no shame of both parties. I mean, Bush did it. Uh, Clinton did it. Obama did it. Trump did it. Biden does it. About how much vacation time that they take when you actually live in a nice vacation house.
0: Right. And it's not like they're staying at the Hilton Garden Inn. I, they're staying at mansions supplied by donor friends, yeah, exactly. which means the Secret Service has to go in and sweep that building. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, good point. Somebody uh, we were talking a lot about what's going on down at the border. Uh, Aaron Houchin. Down there right now
1: Professional office hopper Erin Houchin You you remember her She is the uh, woman Who ran for uh, Congress Mm -hmm. Lost lost to Tennessee Trey Hollingsworth, Mm -hmm. then decided she would be good as being a state senator, ran for that, uh, I don't know, amnesia or head injury to the people in her district. They voted for her. And then in the middle of her legislative session, quit on those people and ran for Congress. But apparently the people of her district think so little of themselves, despite the fact that she quit on them, literally quit, like as in I resign and was open, I'm resigning so I can better run for Congress. Mm -hmm. Those people still voted for her. The... Horrible thing about that, though, is I get punished as a taxpayer because she is a U.S. representative now. I just want to make sure we all remember who we we're talking about when we yep. talk about Aaron Houchin.
0: She's down visiting the border oh. right now, so we've been talking a lot about really the... getting to
1: the bottom of things, Casey. I'm sure yeah. she's just plowing in there. Uh-huh. She's just just nonstop getting to the bottom. Of what's going on? Her at the border. and Mayorkas
0: going to hold hands oh, and make a lot goodness. of changes. Uh, so oh, we've boy. been talking a lot about the illegal migrants. And uh, somebody wanted to call and comment. I think about all
4: these illegal migrants. And the upcoming election and the COVID variant. One plus one plus one equals three. The COVID variant is going up. Mm-hmm. The illegal, illegal migrants are coming across the border. They're bringing that with them so there's more infection. And come come election time, we're going to be shut down just like we were on last election.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: So that's just my
0: thoughts. No, we're not. Well, we'll see. We learned our lesson. No,
1: I don't think we did, Casey. You don't think so? No, absolutely not. I think if if old Lockdown McGee came out, let's say it's in August or whatever, mm-hmm. and said uh, COVID is a threat to humanity again, we're going to institute uh, mandatory masking, uh, we're going to shut down the businesses again, uh, I, I think there would be some people who would not comply, but I think generally society would. I mean, I, what 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 punishment- did any of these politicians get? Eric Holcomb is still the governor. Yeah. They're, the Indiana General Assembly has placed absolutely no barriers on him whatsoever. The state of Indiana reelected all of these Republicans who did nothing while he shut the the state down. Joe Hogsett was resoundingly reelected. Uh, the mayor of Indianapolis, which was the center of the, the lockdowns. Um, Why would you believe that anything would happen to these people when nothing happened the last time? No, I don't. I don't. I don't think society is prepared to fight. And that's uh, that's a shame.
0: Okay, so earlier we were talking about how ESPN issued an apology for the flashing. The boob. Uh, uh, <laughs>
1: the woman showed her chestular area uh, <laughs> on on Bourbon Street there in, yeah, in New Orleans. Yeah, that was yeah. all
0: part of the sugar bowl. And uh, so we got quite a few phone calls about that. So let's roll them, Kevin. Here's the first one.
4: In the uh, accidental flash or whatever it was for the uh, Washington... Texas game. I have uh, some fake news. Evidently, the woman that uh, was accidentally exposed uh, has come out and identified as a man. (laughs) So, (laughs) therefore, Walt Disney owning ESPN is about ready to retract their apology and no harm no foul
0: thanks
1: I'll tell you who I actually felt really bad for Casey who and I'm being serious when I said this so there was some poor guy who was a Texas fan who was there for the game he had a Texas jersey on I don't know maybe you've seen this video on the internet he gets in an Uber And he sits down, and there somehow had been some remnants of coffee or something left on the seat. Well, the poor guy is wearing white shorts, which is why you should never wear white shorts. (laughs) Maybe he does deserve this because he wore white shorts with with a white top.
0: His mistake.
1: And he got a brown stain on the back of his shorts. Yeah. Well, somebody is driving down the street i guess this was bourbon street there and you see this guy and it's in the light of day and it just dawns on him he's just gotten out of this uber and he's there with his wife and she's like pointing it out to him and it looks like the guy had pooped his pants (laughs) and this guy this poor guy becomes this viral Mm -hmm. sensation and Mm -hmm. everybody's laughing at him and finally the poor guy had to out himself and go on twitter and it's like I did not poop my pants.
0: Here's what happened.
1: There were numerous witnesses to this. Yeah. And the guy was kind of trying to handle it with, you know, good humor. But it's like that poor guy, everybody who knew him was pointing and laughing at him. He was the butt of societal joke and he didn't.
0: All he did was get a ride. Yes. Poor guy. Uh, Another phone call about the flashing.
4: Good morning, Kendall and Casey. Welcome back from the uh, new year. Uh, happy 2024. Um, I didn't get to see the boob, um, <laughs> sadly. But um, maybe the we should be apologized by the government because. We get to see a boob every day, and nobody says anything about it. I'm offended. Have a great day.
0: Don't hold your breath. Yeah. That apology is not coming. Um, okay, so you and I debated back and forth. Was that shot live? Was that a pre-recorded yeah. shot? I thought maybe it was a live shot. Yeah,
1: I, and I disagreed with you. I thought it was, there's. I thought all that it had, had to be B-roll they'd done the night before.
0: Yeah, and uh, somebody called and said that Rob, you're probably right.
4: Yes, I'm calling regarding the uh, comments made about uh, whether the broadcast uh, at Sugar Bowl was uh, live or not. I guarantee that uh, those shots were not taken live. Uh, Those were what the industry refers to as beauty shots. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say the money would be on an editor who was scrambling to put all that video together and missed that shot. So stuff happens. But I don't think that was live. Uh, They couldn't afford to have a cameraman just sitting out there waiting for a three-second beauty shot all over the place. So that's how it went down. I
0: I still disagree. I still think it was live because an editor would have caught that. No, I don't know. Yes, they they catch everything.
1: Have you? Okay, Casey. (laughs) Have you seen the people we work with in this building? Mm -hmm, Are mm -hmm. you certain they would catch everything?
0: Uh, A boob? Flashed on the screen? No. Yeah, no. I think so. And they do go to multiple locations. It's not like he's just going to sit there on Bourbon Street with his camera. They go all over the place.
1: Uh, I vehemently disagree with you. Shots. And, you know, there's really nothing worse than a woman who can't admit when she's wrong. I mean, it's just, <laughs> gosh, I mean, it's just, you had a chance to take the high road. Mm-hmm. And, uh, look, you're just going to further drag this conversation down into the mud. And I'm just, just very disappointed All right,
0: in you. one last phone call then. And this one is uh, directed towards you, Rob. You're now a year older. So somebody wanted to give you some words of wisdom.
4: Hey, good morning, Casey, Rob, Kevin. Thank you for accepting my call. First of all, congrats on your previous new daughter's birth into your life. Also, happy belated birthday, man. 40 years old. I remember it well as I have children born in 82, 85, 98, 2001. Segment yesterday when you were claiming that you couldn't believe that Jeffrey Epstein's ex from this world did not seem like only four years ago. And time class I got news I remember my daughter's birth 22 years ago it seemed like four years ago it was always your age now trust me if you think time is flying but the age of 40 I must enlighten you the older you get the faster it seems to go all I can say is enjoy every minute as wisdom does grow with age Rob you could get smarter. Just kidding. Stay on the airwaves. Who knows? You could conceivably be one of the best broadcasters in the business. Keep up the good work, all of you, and God bless you all. Well,
1: that was very nice of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here is what I wrote. I actually wrote this in my daughter's journal about turning 40. And I said, when I turned 30, I had like a legitimate meltdown Like crawl, build a fort out of my covers, and crawl (laughs) under the bed, melt down, and not leave the 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 house. It Mm -hmm. was, and I I think about that how I viewed turning thirty versus forty, and I think when you have things that make you look forward to the future, you don't look back to the past. And turning thirty was about a lot of the things that I perceived I would be missing, no longer being in my. 20s, Yeah. And as I turn 40, I recognized with the value that family, God and family has added in that order to my existence that I didn't have at 30, I didn't think a thing about turning 40. I was, I was way more excited about turning 40 40 than than 30. Than 30. And so kind of the, I always try to do messages with these journal entries. And so the message to her was, you will not find lasting happiness in things that are not God and family. And so I encourage her at a much younger age than I did to make those things a priority because your career or your professional success or getting, getting wild and rowdy with people at the bars, those are maybe fleeting moments of happiness, mm-hmm. but they don't sustain you each and every day. So I guess now I'm gonna look at Kevin and say, Get to work, buddy.
0: Mm-hmm. Get to work. That's beautiful wisdom. Yeah, thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. You got there eventually. It may have taken you 40 years, Yes, but you got no, I got there. there. Gosh darn it. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Nine minutes in front of 11. It is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Hammer joins us in the studio. Did you have an issue today?
2: Yes, and I want to get to that here in just a moment. Okay. But as I told you during the break, I wanted to lead off with talking about the new merch store yes! items that are available. She just doesn't
1: listen. I know. This happens all the time <laughs> when we do this. We're like, we'd like to talk about this first and then this. And then
2: you go with the second thing and say, I, of the I first. didn't realize
0: he gave me an order. Yes, it was okay. literally in the order
2: that I told you, but that's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Um, The new merch store is out. (laughs) New and improved Hammer and Nigel Show merch store. Go to our Facebook and Twitter. And the item of the day is the lewd new Jimmy News T-shirt. So if you want to rock one of our new shirts, the... Lewd Mm -hmm. nude, dude Mm -hmm. in the nude, which features a beer bellied fat guy on it. yeah Uh, Make your purchase right now, store.hammerandnigel.com, or just go to our Facebook and Twitter. It's right there. Yeah, I love it. All right,
1: uh, now you had an issue with parking. So,
2: what's the etiquette in a parking lot? Because this happened to me the last two days from the same guy. Uh oh. So, it might be personal. Oh, no. So, I. Pull into the parking garage down here at around 1035. Yeah. There's a guy that is getting into his car. Mm -hmm. And all the other spots are full because it's the beginning of the year and everybody actually shows up to work. Sure. Unless you're Tony Katz or Tony (laughs) Kennett. And I make eye contact with the guy and I point to like the spot. Like, are you leaving? Yeah. He waves at me, nods his head. Yeah. So I turn my turn signal on. I'm waiting for him to pull out. Sure. He gets in his car. And he's just sitting in there. Yeah. Like the car is running, the lights are on. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, I'll we'll see like a parking brake or something come on, mm-hmm. but he doesn't leave. Yeah, he's a jerk. How long am I supposed to sit there yeah. and wait? Like, I understand he was there first, he got the spot, he's leaving. There's no law against
0: it. Mm-hmm. But what's the etiquette here? Before you start honking your horn? Right. Was he uh, putting back a heater sitting there? What I don't is know. he doing? Like he
2: was just sitting there, like, and I think he was, you know, on the phone. He's playing with this radio, mm-hmm. but a good two to three minutes go oh, yeah, by. It's totally,
1: honest. ten seconds from the time you get behind <laughs> that wheel and fasten that seat belt, and you can observe. You know, it's like, hey, if somebody's putting the groceries in or whatever. But once you're in there behind the seat, you know someone else is attempting to utilize the spot the same way you utilize the spot. Mm-hmm. You don't own the parking garage. I say ten seconds. That is, it is totally disrespectful. I think this in in our parking garage. I think this in parking lots. Ten seconds from the time you get behind the wheel, and get your seat belt.
2: Because if I'm in the other situation and I know somebody's waiting for my spot, yeah. I will try to hustle a little yeah. bit because mm-hmm. I think that's the decent thing to do. Sure. I'm not always a decent man, but <laughs> you know, I'm trying to help other people who are coming to work. So I'll get my seatbelt on, I'll pull out, I'll just set my wallet and my keys yeah. and my phone and my lunch bag all in the passenger seat. I'll screw with it later. Or I'll pull out of the spot wait till there's nobody around, and then adjust everything as needed. But this turd just sits there, yep. looks at me like I'm a goon <laughs> for like two to three minutes. Yeah, and what? this is the second time this has happened with this dude. Do you know this person? No, I don't. He kind of looks like a cross of like if Ethan Hatcher and Kevin Bowen had a kid. Oh,
1: no. Like wears like a trench coat. <laughs> oh,
2: no. So he's probably one of these goons that works on like the fifth floor because mm-hmm. we're getting all the, uh, the urban one building yeah. people over here. Uh-huh. And he doesn't know who you are. Well, it's not he even that. know who he's dealing with. Would you give me a head nod and say, yeah. "You know, I'm pulling So he's to aware that you're, yeah, right. And you see me with my turn signal on. Mm-hmm. Sure. Come on. Mm-hmm. Now, Move along. I, now, I, I started
1: years ago parking. Remember, this was about three or four years ago. We started having a rash of break-ins in the uh, lower level of the parking garage, like window smashing and things of that nature. Oh. So I long ago started parking, just accepting I, it's going to take me longer to get into the building in order to be away from where they had kind of warned us the window smashers were, were at. Are you willing to do that? You could park up with me on the lonely uh, fourth floor, and uh, it's just us,
2: buddy. That's it's, where the poor people park. It's just park. a
1: nice. Ex- oh yeah, you're down. Da- are you down? Yes. Oh,
2: get out of here! <laughs> Come on, you got a new contract. Did you not negotiate the locked parking garage? Got seven dollars. Because you if you're telling me about these magic grabs, contract. I'm thinking that eh, never happened to me. Yeah, oh, yeah. Don't you remember that? That was
1: a huge deal, and they never did anything about it. They just sent you a warning. Hey, watch out. Mm-hmm. If you park on the for- on the first floor, there's a good chance your uh, your window's gonna.
2: To get I wasn't caved aware in. of this. Oh yeah, this now, was nervous several years now. ago. I haven't had smash and grab, but I've had Buka de Peppo dump poop on my That's car. That's true. Oh, I remember that. I remember yeah. that
1: that happened. Uh.
2: And because I parked under the pipe, I yeah. guess, and there was mm-hmm. a burst pipe that leads, you know, <laughs> yeah. into Buca, and it was the poop. Mm-hmm. And they sent an email out yep. on the all users MS email mm-hmm. with a picture of at the time my van yep. covered Old covered, covered in poop. It's like, I'm, whose van is this? And they gave me like a, a Mike's car wash packet to make up for the poop mobile that I had to drive home. It's like that
1: episode of The Simpsons where the bear is destroying the mailbox and Homer goes, Huh, sucks to be the Simpson family.
0: <laughs> I'm surprised you guys don't have reserve spots, you know, with your name, like for Jason Hammer only, Rob Kendall only. You didn't negotiate it's that, huh? to get
1: in out of that basement, though. I'm not even sure I'd want to park there. It's really hard to get in Oh, out man, of there. it's the best, though. Like the lock gate
2: keeps the riff raff out as long as you don't have a pipe having poop fall on your car you're golden (laughs) yeah what's
1: coming up this afternoon
2: uh rumors of a hammer and nigel show this afternoon crazy i know right i'm excited the band's back together uh biggest stories today coming up
0: thanks jason it is kendall and casey it's 93 wybc